1: The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell, hoping it stays green, he nearly
0: spins it around. Who's it going to be? Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else?
2: iRacing's executive
1: director, Taylor Hart Jr.
2: I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities
1: that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts Justin Prince and Taylor Burris.
0: Well, happy 2024 to all of you here at the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Of course, I'm your host once again for another season, Taylor Burris, along with my co-host, my partner in crime, Justin Prince, and our producer, the ever amazing Richard Colbreath. Justin, first and foremost, to both you and Richard, happy 2024. And as we kick off a new year, we kick off a whole bunch of exciting things that happened during our little bit of our quiet off time to celebrate the holiday season. And I had to say, Justin, we got a lot to cover here today.
2: Yes, indeed. A lot's happened, especially in the past couple weeks. A lot of various developments in the world of sim racing, to say the very least. But of course, The start of a new calendar year means a start of a lot of hype or build-up for when it comes to iRacing in general. It should be an interesting 2024, to say the very least, with some of the developments already starting to potentially be brewing a little bit.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. We have things to talk about from the IMSA Esports Global Championship that wrapped up before we we closed out our season. We also have the iRacing World of Outlaws to talk a little bit about as they get ready. Special events that have happened that are coming up this week as well as in the future of the world of iRacing and we have a special guest joining us here today. He is the COO of the STARS Championship Series which is a super regional karting championship that covers most of the east and midwest. Coast here of the United States, and he also wants to talk about his series that he has in the virtual world with iRacing, utilizing cars such as GT cars, touring cars, as well as also formula cars on the iRacing platform. And discuss a little bit about how sim racers could possibly see about utilizing sim racing to help improve their craft to maybe one day go to their local kart track to start with a tour at their club level, going all the way up to the regional and national levels and helping build up the karting community. So it's going to be a great conversation with Christian as we look ahead into the future of this amazing world of using virtual racing to get yourself involved with real world racing.
2: And that's part of a lot of the buildup you can argue, to say the very least, Taylor, because there's so much buildup of those running to the kart racing categories to in turn gain experience, to also in turn build experience to go up the racing ladders, whether in open wheel racing or whether in, in the case of some we've spoke to in the past year especially, like Vicente Salas comes to mind, trying to go up the, the stock car ranks from the go-kart ranks.
0: It really is, and that's what's a big premise is. And we see a lot of drivers, you know, one couple of drivers who I know personally who are working their way up the ranks. Drivers such as Connor Zilich started in karting, also worked his way up into the Mazda MX-5, ran Trans Am, NASCAR, and now he'll be making his IMSA debut at the Rolex 24 with an LMP2 car, running the entire Michelin Endurance Cup with an LMP2 team for the remainder of 2024. As well as, you know, we see other drivers in the iRacing world make their way up to the top top. top echelons of motor racing.
2: And a lot of drivers that are some notable names when it comes to who you see on iRacing who also have a solid rear-wheel presence, start to expand that presence as we talked about a little bit towards the end of last year. A lot of those drivers are starting to get architects. tests. Take, for example, Ryan Kuhn. He's one of the top short track racers in all of iRacing. He's getting a chance to do some testing as part of Daytona's ARCA test coming up, for example, recent announced. Presley Soar is amongst that wave. A few of those that we've seen build their initial connections through iRacing are starting to really build their real-world careers, too.
0: And that's really expanded for the start of a new calendar year. It really has. So we're going to be excited to sit down with Christian about that, of how this can be a great segue to get yourself into the lower levels of motor racing to then eventually have a chance to compete at the highest echelons of North American or global motorsports competition. But let's go into some of the global championships that have been happening here on the iRacing platform that have wrapped up or are still going on while we took our little bit of our season end. And first and foremost, the IMSA Esports Global Championship wrapped up their four round championship at the Daytona International Speedway. And it was a very exciting decisive battle amongst both the GTP championship and the GTD championship. But it was VRS Coanda's Porsche GTP car that took home the championship, the number 91 machine, and Team Redline 170 machine that took home the championship in the GT Daytona class.
2: And not a surprise to see those respective organizations because they're two of the top organizations in all of road course racing. You have Coanda that's been around for a good decade plus. You have Team Redline that has basically every real world star driver who runs for them on top of some of the top drivers in all of racing. But when you consider the championship as a whole and how things essentially played out at a race like Daytona, you had, of course, Cohen to be consistent with Charlie Collins and Julian to up in their respective car. But you throw into the mix a lot of those who had good chances, like Urona Esports Data Group, one of the top organizations Urona Esports was in 2023, getting very close to being able to pull things off. They were amongst those in the championship conversation where they finished up just about less than 100 points back. You're talking about how it was, depending on how things played out, the difference of one or two spots, realistically speaking, looking at the points breakdown, could have been the massive difference to win the championship. Then you have Casey Kerwin and Owen Kerrell say, and set, let's run off to the races. Although it's worth noting Kerwin has since left Xset as the new year.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of big changes that are happening. And one thing I noticed also was some drivers over at the Rise Esports Cadillac that we saw, Nick Ottinger and Matt Busa, two drivers who we saw with two totally different teams. Ottinger, of course, with William Byron Esports and Busa, of course, was racing over at Junior Motorsports. So could this be a little bit of a hint of what's to come for Rise Esports in the eNASCAR side of things coming up in 2024? We'll have to find out more.
2: That is actually a great point because that is an organization that had two different drivers, mind you, at the Coke level that have been with the organization for a while. And you're talking about one of those drivers already switching their allegiances tactical partnership wise in the past year. We There's already a lot of talk about you know, NASCAR teams to touch upon that real quickly. There, that might a be a travel signal travel if you're trying to get drivers in, because your thought, the thought at least, would be to private label team hype because of the technical alliance partnerships that they've had over the
0: years with some of those who run with okay, Conti and smart. company.
2: I'll let them know
0: it's going to be exciting to see how this will play out. So a lot of things to happen. We'll see more about what is going to happen with the IMSA Global Esports Championship. Probably we won't see it till the end of 2024 again. But once again, another great year with this championship utilizing now four GTP cars and a wide plethora of GT Daytona cars. I'm expected to see that the 2024 championship will be just as exciting, especially not to say that this is official, but with the releasing of 2024's debut of two brand new GT3 cars that were excited underneath the American flag of Chevy Corvette and the Ford Mustang, if those end up on the iRacing platform, I have to say, watch out, world, because that's going to be an exciting one to watch if that championship comes online again in 24.
2: I mean, it's one of the top championships because of its world connections and the ability to attract top talent. It wouldn't be
0: a shock to see it back, to say the least. Exactly, so we'll see what happens here, but speaking of another world championship that's going on, the iRacing World of Outlaws Series Thrustmaster Sprint Car Championship was taking a little bit of a hiatus, but their last round was at the Knoxville Raceway and a little bit of great, exciting racing, but for Alex Bergeron, he was the one who came away with the victory. Aiden Forster, second. Logan Rumsey rounded out your top three finishers in this event at the Knoxville Raceway. Their next race will be on January 8th so next monday night and we'll see them at the fairbury speedway but looking at the standings right now justin it's a little bit close just about ryan Avela aiden Forrester, logan rumsey your top three in the championship with still quite a few rounds left to go it's still up in the air with four races left to go i'd argue that
2: all it takes is any one of those combination in the top three, and you're throwing Bergeron and Carpenter right back into the conversation. Tyler shows very quietly in the midst of all of it, 240 points plus back. But we've seen this before, right? Not as far back as this year, where Bergeron's been down at this point in the standings and has been able to rally back because one of those top drivers that he's competing with either has a crash late or ends up missing the feature for the first time. Remember, the only reason he said himself he feels is so far back is he missed a feature. And it's simple as that. You miss one feature, it's a big loss of points of at least 40, 50 points. And that's basically the difference. It is about 60-something points. That's within the 70 mark. All it's going to take is Bergeron keeping the speed up all the rest of the season. And we're talking about a maybe six-car battle for the championship.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Another driver who's also on the outside looking in is Evan C., who's actually down in Daytona for Daytona Kart Week, racing on the dirt track there right behind turns one and two of the Speedway at the flat track. So he's another driver that I'm surprised he's still on the outside looking in as far as in the top five in standings, and he's got quite a bit of little work to do. He's actually in more of a chance to where he could be taken out of championship contention if he has another one or two bad races. I have to say this next race at Fairbury is the cutting point to where we can determine if Evan could go and try and challenge for a championship, let alone a top three.
2: I mean, I could argue that with a lot of the young talent that's come in this season, He was one of the better drivers in the past season for sprint cars, but his bread and butter is in late model. So it's not a surprise to see him shuffle back a bit with a lot of the surge of young talent this season. But when you talk about the veterans who are in the conversation, he's technically just behind Bergeron. He's running at about the same clip as past seasons. It's just everyone else
0: picked up the tempo. It certainly is the case, and we'll see how this goes at Fairbury. You can catch all the action live on both iRacing streaming platforms and on Dirt Vision. Of course, that is Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, as we'll see these drivers battle it out at the Fairbury Speedway. Meanwhile, Justin, I have to say this is probably some of the biggest news that happened during our little off break, was the announcement that one particular racing series is coming back to iRacing in 2024. And it's almost kind of funny, almost to the day the announcement was made in 2022 that IndyCar, we can now say that now officially, is parting ways with iRacing. And I like I think it's literally within a day or two separation that Indycar and iRacing are going to be back together again in twenty twenty four. And while the ink isn't fully dried out, I think, yet for the official
2: announcement, the, all the signs are there. For those wondering about, okay, did I miss an announcement? Well, when you have IndyCar and iRacing basically on Christmas Eve saying, okay, there's the chance this is likely going to happen. You have Dale Jr. tweeting about how it should happen. And you have iRacing starting to tweet at IndyCar's calendar and the respective tweets there's something there. Let's just put it that way. You have to be looking very
0: directly away from it to miss it. You even have people in media like Adam Stern making comments about it as well. You know it's going to be big, I have to say. And this is a big thing that can happen because it means one of two things. First and foremost, a platform that or a series that is in desperate need of making sure they have that media grasp and reaching out to younger audiences you know that was their goal when they had partnered with quote unquote a company that thought that they could do well in the gaming world which they really couldn't but unfortunately they made the wrong decision on that matter and now they have to rebuild all that they lost kind of in order to get the younger generations back online with indycar racing
2: well In a lot of cases, you're talking about series like Lionheart and a couple other major series that never really went away. It's just they went away from being able to be broadcast officially. You're talking about organizations still putting in strong support. And the second it goes back online, I think once everything's finally figured out which I wouldn't be surprised is within the next few months that we officially get at least a confirmation. But from my understanding, it's it's close from what the conversations and feelings are lately. It's going to be pretty exciting to have it back. The one thing I do want to see as part of this is one thing that needs to be caught up on is getting every circuit. And that's one of the major asterisks is even when the deal was still in effect, you were talking about major street circuits still yet on the platform. You're talking about Portland not on the platform for not just that, but NASCAR.
0: I'll go ahead and I'll it
2: It makes me. sense that once that comes into play, you're welcoming back in a big way by getting those tracks
0: in and prove that you have your full commitment in. Okay. Well, not just tracks too, Justin, but you're talking cars. If you think about it, IndyCar has a similar ladder system, if you think about it. Similar to what NASCAR is, if you th- if you look at it, you know NASCAR, you have your ARCA series, your Truck series, your Indy ne- or your Xfinity series, and then your Cup series. IndyCar has your two USF series oh, cars, Actually, which, granted, we have on the platform, but they're outdated. They're a couple of years old. And then we have the Indy NXT car, which is like the Xfinity series of IndyCar. And then, of course, the IndyCar itself, which we have the most up-to-date IndyCar right now. But like you said, we're still missing some small bits and pieces that can help improve the racing and ladder system, which could then possibly, not saying it's going to happen anytime soon, but possibly help bring back a more exciting, championship, possibly, world championship, possibly, that we could utilize instead of having to worry about manufacturer-type championships like what we had to deal with with our current Formula cars that we have now, such as the Mercedes uh, Formula One car, as well as even utilizing the Delara Formula One or the Delara IRO1 machine. So if this could work out, who's not to say we could be seeing a world championship with I have to say, five of the biggest racing series, well, four of the biggest racing series here in North America with the World of Outlaws, NASCAR, IMSA, and then soon to be IndyCar. And then, of course, you have your Porsche series, which is as well match a, a much more global championship if you think about it, but still has a big presence here in the United States. So you're looking at something that iRacing could be able to accomplish if they are able to work this out with IndyCar. And if you think about it, back in the early years of iRacing, IndyCar and iRacing had a, not a world championship, but a premier championship that we could possibly see come back.
2: And that's something that I think if you bring it back, it has to be there too. Like at least once it's ready within the year, get the championship because it was pretty clear With the roadmap of the certain publisher, Motorsport Games, I will say the company, since it's now technically officially lost all its licenses. At this point, when it comes to that mark, it was pretty clear one of the main things on top of having the individual game was getting its own individual championship, you'd have to think, because that's one of the main things. You draw the professionals in and draw the esport gaming community in by essentially starting a top flight series a la F1 Esports, a la iRacing at its championships, a la what they were already doing, motorsport games was, with the other licenses and their properties that are part of that respective ladder. For the most part, the main thought process comes to same. that has to be the case And in my opinion, has to have all the IndyCar circuits that are on the current calendar in the respective sim. And in turn, that's going to take some time. It's the same situation why iRacing said themselves, mind you. It would take them another two, three, four years to get another game going because they're already trying to get an NASCAR game going. So you're talking about needing to hire another maybe 300 people. We're talking about at this rate because that's kind of the main thought that comes to mind with all of this is
0: you need to throw more people on this. You really do. And we, like you said, with, with iRacing and NASCAR forming their partnership to where iRacing will be creating their first NASCAR console game. And we've already seen the success of their console games so far with, of course, the World of Outlaws game with, of course, a couple of other console games that they are in partnership with working with. I, I say it's a matter of time. We probably won't see it before 2025. But I have a feeling before by 2025, once the game of NASCAR is released and see how successful it could possibly be, which I have to say it will be a successful game, hands down. Let's be honest. All of us here in the racing community, sim racing community, are dying for a good console NASCAR game, no matter what. But I think once that we see how it works out with iRacing i say give it another year, maybe, before we see that similar thing happen with IndyCar.
2: I I don't want to go towards it being an absolute success because I'm afraid to guarantee things in that regard because I want to see exactly how the console side develops because I'll be honest, there is some room for improvement, I'll be quite frank, compared to the World of Outlaws brand. If it's like that... We're back to 2015 Mm -hmm. for the console side. If we're talking what we see on iRacing even, that's a good start in terms of the graphical level. Now, the major thing that iRacing could have the major leg up on is getting the physics down. If they get the physics down on the console side, I think it benefits both platforms in turn, reciprocally, like PC and console.
1: Um,
0: Yes, indeed. So we'll have to just... Play it by ear, see what happens, but I have to say by February or March is when we'll see more of an announcement with iRacing in IndyCar moving forward. So we'll make sure to bring you all that information here on the iRacers Download. But with that, we're going to take our first commercial break, and when we come back, we sit down with Christian Marsh, CEO COO of the Stars Championship Series. You're listening to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Welcome back to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Taylor Burris here, along with Justin Prince, our producer, Richard Colbreath, as we are joined by the COO of the Stars Championship Series, Christian Marsh. Christian, welcome
3: to the download. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for
0: your time. And first and foremost, Christian... We have to talk about to those who are new to listening to the show as well as those who are maybe heard about this championship, but what is
3: the Stars Championship Series? Uh, I suppose the easiest way to put it is that the Stars Championship Series is just uh, where Joe Janowski and I go to do all the fun stuff we we come up with uh, when we're hanging out at night. So everything from uh, our sim racing program that we're working on right now with VRS and iRacing uh, to the karting series that... You know, we travel, I think it's uh, 12 states, uh, just working on, you know, building the karting program here on the East Coast with the gearbox categories as well as the international OK in class. Um, And it's really just kind of, uh, I guess, the brainchild of Joe and I wanting to get back into promoting kart races and having fun.
0: It really is. Last year, I had the privilege of doing the full season with you guys with Kart Chaser, and it's a phenomenal championship from start to finish. The track selections that you choose to go to, the classes, and just the amazing availability of how the officials and drivers and teams all work together to put on some of the greatest racing in this karting championship.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to repeat it because Joe says it too much already, but uh, you know, our motto is kind of just we like to do cool shit, and uh, you know, Joe and I both grew up at the track, both grew up racing gearbox carts, and then went into cars at some point. And to be able to come back to karting and just to promote events that we would have wanted to be a part of, you know, when we weigh if we're going to make a change or add something new, it's basically weighing that change against if we were driving, what would we want to see out of a series? So that kind of makes, you know, in a way it makes the decision making easy um, and it it keeps our focus on just doing what's best for the racers and for the sport and kind of staying out of all the other stuff.
0: It really is. And one way that you've decided to do this as well, besides the real world racing with karting, is step into the virtual world with iRacing and VRS and Grid Vision. What is the way that this way of sim racing has helped bring in some of these drivers who are competing? And what was your thought process of doing a virtual championship?
3: Yeah, I mean, if we take it back to where the STARS program started... um... It actually started as a sim program in 2020 during the height of the COVID lockdown. Um, As much as we hate to kind of talk about those times and how tough it was for everybody, uh, for us, it was just the sim stuff was an excuse to spend time with our track family. In the the karting community, Um, Joe and I at the time both were heavily involved in sim racing, and it was just something that we were sitting at home, we weren't going to the racetrack, A lot of people were buying simulators, a lot of stuff was going on, and I called Joe one day and was just like, man, let's just do, uh, like, I think it started as just beat the boss. It was basically, Joe was going to enter a race, and we were going to see if some of these young karting kids could beat him, and uh, at the very last minute, Chaser jumped on to stream it. Uh, Through friends of friends, we ended up having F1 drivers enter this race to beat Joe, and It was just a blast to do, and after that, we were kind of like, oh, there's some weight here, there's some gravity to to hosting sim races in the same way we host real races. So, uh, from that, right away, we started plugging out partner deals. Um, Everybody was really kind of gung-ho to be involved because there was nothing else going on. Um, I think we ended up having over 300 entries across the six races and two classes, uh, 300 different drivers run with us and we gave away over 150 grand and stuff and it was just the community came together in such a, a big way and we called it the stars championship series um, and it it had this weight this gravity that when we were done with the esports series uh, the other series that we were kind of running at the time under a different name we were like listen if If we're going to lose money putting on go-kart races, let's lose it with our own name and our own brand behind it. Uh, So we flipped everything over to the Stars Championship Series, and within two weeks from making that change to having our first race, COVID lockdown started to die down in Indiana. Uh, We hosted our first event at Newcastle Motorsports Park. I think we had 144 entries just that first event and the energy from the sim stuff of, of the community and people just wanting to be together really followed over into the karting program. So it actually started with sim racing. Uh, obviously the karting program's been the focus the last three and a half, four years uh, after the sim stuff died down. And then uh, in a meeting with our business development director, Jackson Gardner, we were actually talking about ways that we could re-engage with partners and kind of grow a bigger community for the Stars brand. Um, And esports came up. Jackson's an avid e-racer. He works with the guys at Delta Sport and Race Factory on the esports program. So Jackson kind of went off and started plugging partners away. We found VRS, uh, Joe Bricky at VRS, and that whole team really shares kind of the same uh vision that we do where esports isn't just uh, a game that kids hop on and play at night or or something that they're always bugging their parents about it's it's such a tool to be used by racers um and we can host actual wheel-to-wheel racing events that operate function and officiate almost the same way a karting event does um so the team at vrs Kind of jumped in with both feet, and then from there, uh, iRacing actually got involved. So it's one of the only series right now that iRacing is actively backing. We're giving away prizes from iRacing at every event. Uh, and then the folks over at Race Lab who do all the overlays and things like that, uh, they work really closely with VRS, so they came on board. And it's just kind of trying to get back to. The things that launched the series got us to where we are. and in the same you know same breath as why we did it the first time, we missed the racers. you know we've been off track for four or five months now and to get an event together where all of our stars community, you know people coming back that haven't raced with us in a while, um, Elliot, Budzinski, Brain and Eves, people like that. it's just such a cool thing to have these people together again and be able to kind of have that sense of community in the off season.
0: It really is, and of course, you guys getting ready to kick off in a couple of months, the Real Life Stars Championship Series, kicking off at the Charlotte Motor Speedway with Queen City Gambit. We see a whole new plethora of what you're doing, and it's bringing in a lot of big names in the karting community to come out and race in your championship, and also, starting last year, you were able to debut a category that's not really used a whole lot here in the united states is more in the european with the okay and engine package this year you're going to have both a senior and a junior category as well talking to a little about this championship going into 2024 and how can we expect the big excitement that we'll see some really cool stuff happening here with the stars championship
3: yeah, it's obviously, you know, going into our fourth year, uh, I think I'm personally more excited than I've ever been going into a star season. Uh, the momentum's definitely in our favor right now, I think, and and last year we kind of took that exponential uh, jump in growth uh, that we were... You know, maybe anticipating, but the biggest uh, focus there, I think, was for us to kind of try to maintain that sense of community. Uh, We're here to race together because we love racing. We want to promote good events um and while the intensity certainly bumped up people were taking the program more seriously uh, got a few new big teams that were bringing international drivers from europe and things like that Uh, i feel like we did a pretty okay job at maintaining that sense of community you know everyone uh still smiles and gets along with the workers all the officials are are happy to be there and love to be there with each other and that energy kind of you know seminates out into the paddock Uh, Going into this year, like you said, adding that okay in junior class I think is a really cool opportunity for us to kind of harbor that, that training that drivers find when they leave to go to Europe. Um, you know but be able to do it here in the states there's obviously an opportunity where young drivers who want to be able to compete internationally uh, here in the states we don't necessarily follow the international categories that frequently uh, obviously our program Supercars USA and even the United States Pro Card Series now offer a KZ category um, all three programs especially in the last two to four years have been incredibly successful and healthy. Um, And I think that kind of points to, you know, not necessarily a shift in the entire market, but at the top level of karting, people want that international multi-engine, multi-manufacturer type of platform. And what we found this year with the introduction of OKN, uh, we were the first series in the... um, or, I'm sorry, we were actually the second series. The Challenge of Americas uh, came in at the exact same time we did. They also pioneered the OKN program. They had a couple of amazing events out on the West Coast before we were able to start our series here that we were actually able to learn a lot working with Andy and the team uh, on what they had learned already. And then we were the first country in the world to have OKN categories at our events. Uh, between CODA and our program, uh, there were really a lot of eyes from the international group kind of focused on that and what it looked like, how it did. And I was pleasantly blown away at not only the amount of participation we had throughout the year, but the caliber of driver and the parity in the program. I mean, the first race, there were definitely, you know, some learning curves, some things that drivers weren't used to with the direct drive platform. Uh, As well as, you know, some drivers who maybe had access to international level engine builders who had more time on this sort of platform. Uh, But then as as the season progressed on, you know, by the last race, I think the top 10 carts were pretty much nose to tail after 25 minutes on track. Uh, and the parody just seemed really good. The racing is badass. It's they these carts make so much mid-range power that at a circuit like uh, Trackhouse Motorplex, Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, it really that mid-range just makes the racing so intense. And uh, you know we're excited to have the junior class for this year. I think. Last year, our goal for OK and Stars was to average 10 entries. We averaged over 15 uh, at every event. I think that this year we'll see an obvious uptick in OK and Stars. And then it will be at that 10 to 15 mark for junior. I think that that creates not only a cool new opportunity for junior drivers to learn that international direct drive uh, driving style, but it also maybe moves some of those top-level juniors out of the K.A. junior category and allows the K.A. junior category to harbor uh, an environment where you know drivers who are making the jump from club or regional racing up into a bigger program, that, that talent level, they're not necessarily uh, fighting the budgets of these top-level national guys that are still running K.A. Those guys are going to kind of move over to the pro category, and then it's going to give a new opportunity to highlight some fresh faces. Uh, in that junior category, which was really exciting.
0: You mentioned about stepping up into different categories a little bit right there. One thing we have to talk about is how iRacing has been a great stepping stool for people who want to get involved with real-world racing. Uh, We see drivers both in the road racing and the oval racing scene sometimes get their very start just by utilizing the iRacing platform. Uh, And what's the thing that we could see a driver Stepping up, starting in, of course, racing, but then moving into their local club, karting, and then making their way through the ranks, through the club, regional, then the national scene. Could it be something that we could see happen more often? And how can we get those sim racers to interested in going to try in the karting world?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously one of the goals of a partnership like we have with VRS. Um, you know, VRS is is going to bring some sim rigs and actually host some live events at Stars Championship Series karting races this year. Uh, which is, is pretty exciting because it gives the opportunity for us to tap into the VRS market, which is all sim racers. And for them to actually activate and say, guys, there's a real-world racing event happening uh, an hour from your hometown this weekend. You guys should come by and check it out. Uh, And obviously, Stars isn't a place where somebody should come into the sport and and get their start at, but it's certainly a place where somebody could come and learn what karting is and get excited about about real racing. Um, You know, there's plenty of teams at the Stars program that that put a huge emphasis on club racing and building that introductory level, uh, you know, area of the sport. So, you know, I think that iRacing is not only a good introduction for racing to maybe the average person who either doesn't know somebody in motorsports or doesn't have the financial means to get right into uh, karting, but it also seems to build opportunities for real racers to, to jump to that next level inside the, the real sport, right? I mean, obviously, uh, the, the popularity of virtual simulators with Gran Turismo and the GT Academy has been, you know, popularized in the last few years with films uh, and things like that. But even before that, the Jetta TDI Volkswagen Cup found drivers for their shootout events via iRacing. Uh, There was a young man, Wyatt Gooden, who I grew up racing with, who made his launch into professional motorsports via iRacing. Uh, So this is something that iRacing's been a part of for so many generations now at this point. In the very first stars championship series there's a young driver out of california named buddy john antonino uh and this kid barely made the age bracket to be able to run the junior category uh and then in some of the the unofficial practice sessions he would hop in the senior cars and run with people like connor zilich and these people who are absolute uh you know bona fide veterans in the sport. And this young kid who was 10 years old at the time was able to hang with these guys. Um, And through that, he kind of became the talk of our esports program. And Race Liberante from Race Factory and MPG Motorsports uh, actually literally bubble-wrapped a go-kart, checked it in an airplane uh, just as like a checked bag, didn't even ship it had all the parts in his carry-on, got in a plane, flew to California, built a go-kart in this kid's living room, and took him to Buttonwillow and tested with him and signed him that weekend. And that was how John Antonino went from California to now he's like one of the predominant junior drivers, I would say, in the entire country, let alone in the world. Um, So it's really cool to see these opportunities come out of esports to not only get people into the sport but maybe put a highlight on some kids that haven't got to these big races. They're not on Kart Chaser broadcast yet and allows them the opportunity to get their talent seen and get them in front of some real players in the sport.
0: I have to agree with you on that, Christian. We hope to do that with our continuation with the Stars Esports Championship. Of course, the next round is January 23rd as we have a great event happening at Daytona. You want to kind of give us a little more information on that or are we still working on some details for this event happening
3: later on in the month? Uh, so obviously always working on details. If anything, anyone knows anything about my partner Joe, it's that he loves vacations, uh, and this is kind of that time of the year. Uh, we have decided to switch up the class format a little bit. Uh, instead of traditionally we run the open wheel categories as split groups. For this event, we're going to run the pro category and the am category together. Uh, so the pro guys are going to be in LMDH, and the AM guys are going to be in GT3. It's going to be a, an enduro format, probably an hour and a half to two hours. Uh, and again, we're super excited to do that with partners like VRS and iRacing, uh, offering up a bunch of prizes, not only for top finishers, but you know we did, I think, over a dozen giveaways just to anyone who entered. It's VRS subscriptions and $200 gift cards for hardware and things like that. Uh, And then the champion in each category uh, across these four winner series events that we're doing is actually going to get a season pass to come run the Real Stars Championship Series with us.
0: It's going to be exciting. I have to say a lot of good things to come. And Christian, we want to say thank you for your time here to talk about the Stars Championship, both the virtual and the real world. And who knows, for maybe any of you listeners out there, if you have what it takes, make sure to go check out the Stars Championship series. And we'll hopefully see you on the track next time. But Christian, thank you for your time. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much. And with that, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're gonna talk about things coming up here in the world of iRacing. You're listening to the iRacers download from the Speed Sport Podcast studio powered by MyRacePass.
1: I wanna tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favourite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
2: Welcome back to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Justin Prince alongside Taylor Burris, Richard Colbreth producing as we just finished up our discussion with Christian Marsh about go-kart racing and in turn the transition from some from sim to reality. In turn we get ready for another busy next couple weeks on the iRacing platform itself though. As first things first, let's talk about the first of the special events coming up on the iRacing schedule, the Roar Before the 24, and its virtual equivalent is getting all set to go for just a couple weeks out from some busy racing for 24 hours in darkness at Daytona.
0: <laughs> yes, we are Justin. I mean, a lot of things happening here at Daytona. With starting with the roar, utilizing three different categories for once again. This time though, we're utilizing the touring car category with the Audi RS3 LMS, the Honda Civic, and both Hol- Hyundai's with the Elantra and the Veloster. The GT4 category will have the Aston Martin, the BMW, the McLaren, the Mercedes, and the Porsche. And then of course the LMP3 class with the Ligier. So it's going to be exciting and just announced there will be some added time slots. Five different time slots to be utilized here for this event.
2: And in turn, I think that builds up to a lot of the demand when it comes to it, to say the very least. The roar, of course, more so on the sprint side, but the Daytona 24, There are entire groups of people who plan things out based on the day or the time slots available. So it's not a surprise to see various different time slots in case there's issues with one or in most cases, make sure people can get in on the action.
0: Really so, and it's going to be exciting to see how this will play out here amongst the drivers who are going to be competing in this, as well as also for all of us who are going to be watching this event, because it's a fun event. It's a good little stepping stone to get ourselves ready for the Daytona 24 that will be happening here, utilizing, of course, the three big categories, GTP, LMP2, and GTD. So we're excited to see how this will all play out as we kick off the month of January with, of course, our version of the next couple of months of Speed Month with Daytona.
2: And that's going to be a fun time on the service because the Daytona 500, of course, the first the Oval special events, part of the NIS calendar, that should bring another few thousand per time slot, to say the very least. It takes a lot of execution to be able to do well with Daytona. The first three special events the way to prove it.
0: It really is. And speaking of ways to prove yourself, if you are currently in college, you can have your chance to prove yourself with the e Ascar College iRacing Series Time Trials, which are underway at the Michigan's International Speedway. If you have the chance to go and compete, make sure to go visit iRacing and try to see if you can register to compete in this. Of course, if you do, you get the chance to compete in the College Racing Series, eight rounds, $60,000 prize pool. So if you have what it takes, go and try and enter the time attacks. Be one of the top drivers in that level where your top 40 will move on to the top level for the chance of the scholarship money. And we've seen a lot of NASCAR Coke
2: drivers and former Coke drivers going for scholarship funds. But remember, it's about the full season championship to get the biggest total of bursary funds. So in turn, there's going to be a lot of attention going to Michigan, especially since it's a lot of pack action, yes, but it's also some of the more fun racing you'll get on the platform because official races just happened there a few weeks ago. You're talking three and four wide throughout the first parts of the races there.
0: You, you really are. It's exciting to watch these drivers battle out. Michigan is always a fun addition to race on when it comes to the virtual side of iRacing. So we'll see a lot of things still to come with that and keep in mind of how what we could expect. And. Justin, as we come to a close here to this episode, our first season, our new season of our first episode here, I have to say a lot of things we're looking forward to, but one thing I'm now curious about, if this could possibly happen. You know, we talked about a little bit earlier on with IndyCar coming back online with iRacing. Could we possibly now see the return of another Endurance Classic coming back with iRacing now that we see pretty much some of the biggest manufacturers and cars are now involved and now that GT3 is going to be utilized as well?
2: That's a good question. I think you're talking about a certain racetrack that's next to a KFC in a certain country with a red, white, and blue flag that also has some portions of it on a street circuit, correct? Correct. Well, that's the thing. The only property that isn't essentially gone from my understanding is the one involving that one. That is, And keep in mind, you're talking about one that was already built on a different company in the first place. When you think about where a lot of its roots come from. So that's the main hurdle is technically, while there are agreements with FIA now more so, it's about that previous one that I think is going to be the major tie because it's the only one that has any roots left at this point from Motorsport Games.
0: Oh, we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. But there still doesn't mean we could still see some great action here in the world of racing and iRacing coming up here in 2024. But with that, it's time that we say goodbye here on the iRacers Download for our guest, Christian Marsh, our producer, Richard Colbreth, and my co-host, Justin Prince. I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio powered by MyRacePass.